What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to episode 37 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend, Grant No Touchy Youngsma. How's it going, Grant? Just don't touch me, Phil, and I'll be good. <laughs> We're six feet apart. We're social distancing here, on uh, even on Disney Plus Reviews. So uh, def- definitely won't be in danger of touching each other right now. Um, uh, it is kind of funny to think about this movie, Emperor's New Groove, in the in the context of uh, COVID nineteen, where we're, it's literally no touchy. Yeah. Um, if you're just joining us for this podcast, we are an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus and some classics like this one. Uh, today we're, we're reviewing the Emperor's New Groove. Grant, you said that you wanted to bring this on. I usually let the guests pick, like, mm-hmm. hey, what movie do you want to talk about? I want to talk about something you're interested in. You mentioned The Emperor's New Groove, and I'm pretty sure I jumped out of my shoes when you said that. This is one of my favorite Disney movies, period, like yeah. of, of all time. Not even like qualifying it with like only animated or only comedies. It's one of my favorite Disney movies, period, of all time. Yeah, I would say this, um, sticking with animated, um, this is probably my favorite non like hero movie. Like, yeah, I really like Hercules. I really like Peter Pan, Aladdin, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I would say outside of that genre, I would say Emperor's New Groove is probably my favorite animated movie. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on this movie. I, I, I imagine you probably do too. Yeah. I would love to, I can't, I can't, I could not wait to get to this episode. Um, just if nothing else, just to talk about the laughs and laugh, laugh together. Some mm-hmm. our, there are so many, so many freaking quotable lines in this movie. I mean, there's a long, long list of, of quotable lines, but also like, I want to get into some of the, like the serious details of the movie. I think there's a, a very strong message to this yes, movie. Um, and, and, and even though it is definitely a comedy, it is definitely, you're coming to, to the yard to laugh on this one. There are some really interesting uh, messages just about life and about uh, the way we treat each other, and um, and some really touching moments about family. I, there's there's a lot to love in this movie. It is yeah. it is. A, a, I, I, meant, I said the word classic earlier, and, I, and I, I really mean that. If you've not watched this movie. You need to know that we're going to spoil the movie. And honestly, on this one, I highly recommend watching the movie oh, yeah. first. I, Definitely. I, we're going to be spoiling all the funny parts for you, and then you're going to go go and watch the movie, and it's not going to land for you. So definitely watch the movie. Hit pause. The movie's only an hour and a half. Watch mm-hmm. the 90 minutes. Come back and listen to this episode. And I think you'll enjoy this episode even more, have, having seen the funny parts that we're going to talk about. Um, but if you just are not going to watch the movie for whatever reason, or you are going to watch it and just don't care about spoilers. Uh, we're going to get into the movie and all of its uh, spoilery detail. Um, uh, before we get into the kind of the plot details of the movie, um, let's talk about the characters. I think the characters in this movie mm-hmm. are, are phenomenal. Like yes. some of the best characters I've ever seen in a movie. Um, it is an animated movie, but it has so much depth, I think to the characters and, um, they all have very separate, very unique personalities. Everyone is so unique in this movie. Um, what, wh- who, I mean, what, we're going to talk about all the characters. I think all our characters are our favorite character in the movie, but what, what, what do you think of when you think of this movie as far as the characters, what, what are they like? What, what appeals to you about them? Well, Cusco, who is the emperor to begin with, he's, he's kind of likable, but he's also very unlikable as well. So you can see where people went like him. But um, I would say my favorite uh, character in this movie is Kronk. Yeah. Who's basically Yzma's bodyguard or muscle, <laughs> but he has no brains or anything. He's one of the, literally one of the stupidest characters I've ever seen on oh, film. Oh yeah, definitely. Period. And so he's kind of the humor 
Um, he kind of, like we talked about, even Stevens last week. Yeah. He kind of brings like the beans <laughs> or Lewis scene into it whenever he's in it you know it's going to be a funny scene. Yeah, he's almost always funny, um, for sure. I, I feel like you could probably say that of David Spade's Cusco character as well, yes. that he's he's almost always funny. funny. But that, like you said, there's some scenes where he's just a total jerk. Like, And yeah. even those scenes are kind of funny, too, mm-hmm. like the stuff that he says about people. But um, yeah, Kronk is, I think for a lot of people, I think Kronk is kind of their go-to comedic yeah. character just because he's he's just a total buffoon from beginning to end that his character literally never changes. Yeah, and I think because there is a second one called uh, Kronk's New Groove. Yeah, Kronk's okay. New Groove. I've not seen that one. Have you seen it? I have seen it before. Okay. And not as so, good. <laughs> not as good. Definitely not as good. But I mean, you can tell that there was definitely an audience who really enjoyed Kronk. Yeah, good point. To where they made the second movie. Yeah. Yeah, he stands enough as a character on his own. I. Uh, maybe this is something you can look up if you, if you have a moment, but like it, he's voiced by the same guy. Yes. Okay. He is voiced. His, by... his voice, his voice is so distinctive and mm-hmm. um, he plays, um, he's been on a sitcom. Um, uh, maybe I'll, I'll try to look that up here in a second, but unless you have it there and can just tap on his name, but um, he's, he's well known for um, a sitcom that my wife has watched. I always forget the name of it. Um, he is a, but he's kind of like he's not in in everybody loves Raymond. I'm just making a comparison, but like his the the quality of his voice reminds me of like that really tall character in Everybody Loves Raymond. I've also not seen that show, but um, like the brother that's got like this the super deep kind of bassy voice. He's in Rules of Engagement. Rules of Engagement. Thank you. That that is the show that my wife has loved, and she absolutely loves his character in that show as well. Um, but he has a very distinctive voice and. Um, we, when, 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 uh, obviously this movie came out way before rules of engagement came out, mm-hmm. when Jessica started watching rules of engagement, she goes, Hey, that's Kronk. That's the guy from, from Edward's yeah. new groove. So, um, because his, that's how, uh, distinguishable his, his voice is. Um, yeah, and something that, uh, Caitlin and I watched that he's also in. He's also Lemony Snicket in a series of unfortunate events. Okay, all right. I haven't seen those. Which or that we yeah. really enjoy that series. Okay, so that's another thing that he's in. I, I honestly I like him so much. I, I would check it out just on that alone. Yeah, <laughs> like the fact that he's in that movie um, would really bring me to that. So, um, yeah. And then the other main character, the, the really there's only three main characters. There's uh, four. I'd say Pacha. Oh, Pacha, of course. Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot about Pacha. So, Pacha is John Goodman. Um, uh, Cusco is is David Spade. I think we mentioned that already. Um, uh, I want to mention all the actors' names. The the guy that plays Kronk. Is Patrick Warburton. Warburton, yes. I should have known that. I'm guessing Yzma's Eartha Kitt. Okay, so she's the one actress that I I don't know. Like, of the four actors that are in the movie, she's the one that I'm not familiar with. But she, her voice is super unique in this movie, mm-hmm. um, and I think what the the scenes that I like the most about her that she's in um, are the. I think it's funny to watch her suffer with Kronk, like this idiot that she has to put up with. But I also really like the scenes, any scene where David Spade, where Cusco is making fun of her for her age or her yeah. like like disgustingness, like the way she looks, where she has that thing in her teeth. <laughs> so and he's funny. just like, what is that? <laughs> How did that get there? How long has that been there? Um, he, he talks about her wrinkles. He's like, what is holding this woman together? <laughs> I, I, I just think that they poke, poke a lot of fun at, at the way she looks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, the animation, well, we probably won't spend a ton of time on the animation. So I'll just say it at the top animation. This movie is phenomenal. Oh yeah. It looks Definitely. so good. I, I remember watching this movie. When did it come out? Late, late 90s? 2000. Okay, 2000. Okay. So came out in 2000, 20 years ago, this movie came out um, almost probably almost down to the day. And, um, the animation still looks beautiful. Now oh, yeah. when it came out 20 years ago, I was like, what is this? I've never seen anything like this. Um, it, it looks so good the way that they did the characters. So, um, so Cusco at the beginning of this movie, Cusco starts out and he gives us, he's narrating his own film, which I think <laughs> is hilarious. And he says, uh, he says, I was the nicest guy and they ruined my life for no reason. <laughs> And that that tells you everything you need to know about this character. Like he's obviously, you know, it's literally him 
as a llama yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. And it's just like downpouring rain and and he's just <laughs> you want to feel bad. He wants you to feel bad for him to yeah. start out with the movie. It's so great. Um, uh, let me say this about Cusco before we get into the plot, but he is a very, I think a very unique character in film. Um, and it stems from the fact that we have kind of these two archetypes of, of heroes. There's either like the, the hero or the anti-hero, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the hero is like Peter Parker, you know, just a perf- yeah. perfect kid, right? And then their anti-hero would be like uh, the Punisher or something like that, like someone mm-hmm. that, that does ultimately does good. Uh, you, you can almost put Batman as anti-hero. Like yeah. he's beating up guys at night and there's no repercussions. The police, does, you know, but um, so, and he has all these, these, you know, bad, um, uh, character traits and stuff like that. You know, like he, you know, shuns almost every human being in his life. And like, you know, so you have these, this hero archetype and this anti-hero archetype. I almost feel like there needs to be a third archetype for Cusco. He's fl- uh, straight up the villain of oh, the yeah. movie for the first half. Definitely. Um, he and, gets everything that he deserves <laughs> yes. at the beginning. Yeah, he's not even an anti-hero <laughs> at no. the beginning of this movie. Now, he, his character evolves, and I, yeah. I, lo- I love watching that. Every time I watch the movie, I can't wait to see him start to turn that corner and become more of the good guy. And he's he's kind of just full-on good guy by the end of the movie. Um, but th- that first 40 minutes or so is real touch and go, like where you're like, I'm not even sure I like this guy. He literally has an old guy thrown <laughs> off of his palace, which, I mean... They make it look like it's like a 40-foot drop yeah. even more. And he literally has him chuck this old guy <laughs> just for like running into him. Yeah. Because he threw off his groove. You, you, you threw off my groove. Um, yeah, if this was a live action, he, he literally just killed an elderly oh, yeah. gentleman. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so um, it's played off for laughs, and it's obviously really funny, but um, he is very high on himself at the, oh. be- at the beginning of this movie. Like to the point where I, I don't know that I've seen in another movie um, a character. And I think he can get away with it because for two reasons. One, it's animated. I, th- I think this doesn't, this movie doesn't play off as well in live action. Um, and se- secondly, it's freaking David Spade and everything he says is funny. And so they could, literally could not have cast a better actor for this role to, to make us, I never once felt for the guy cause he's a total jerk, but I, I, I still, he was so funny that I, st- mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to be around him for the first half of the movie um, while not be, his, be his friends. And it, I think only someone like David Spade can really pull that off. Yeah. Um, so when I, when I watched this movie in 2000, I was a, already a huge fan of Tommy boy. Tommy mm-hmm. boy up to this point was, was my favorite comedy and maybe even past this point was my favorite comedy. Um, this movie honestly is, is in my top 10 favorite comedies of all time. I, I love this movie. Um, it gets, it hits my funny bone every single time, but I had already been a big fan of David Spade. And so when I found out that David Spade was voicing this character, I was already in like, I was like, I'm, I'm seeing that movie on day one and went to go see it in theaters just because he was in it, mm-hmm. but then came away loving the movie for so many other reasons. And, and again, like Kronk almost arguably almost steals the show for yeah. comedy. Like it's hard to believe that in 2000, that David Spade could maybe not even be the focal focal point of the comedy, mm-hmm. the comedic moments in the movie, but that's how strong Kronk is as a, as a character. But I just love his, his, his arc, like how he goes from straight up villain at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie to total good guy at the end. Yeah. So, um, so basically he, um, and, and, and let me say this about John Goodman's character and then we'll get in, but like John Goodman is like the, the total polar opposite of him. Oh yeah. At the beginning. Like, Definitely. He's literally one of the nicest characters that's ever been on screen. And he, he helps the elderly guy cause he's literally like <laughs> yeah. wrapped in this banner <laughs> and he helps him get out and everything. And he's, he's basically coming for his village to talk to the emperor yeah. or Cusco. And it's all about everybody else. And Pacha comes last. Yeah. It's family, friends, anybody else and then pacha yeah he couldn't Cusco could not be screwing over a better guy like he's and that's part of the comedy i think of the of the thing but like um you know he says hey i'm taking over your entire hill that the entire village is going to be kicked out basically kicked off this hill for Cusco topia (laughs) for my my uh my perfect summer home (laughs) and um he's like you you're gonna kick out a whole village just to build your summer home and but he's not even like 
arguing with him or trying to like bully him into making a different decision. Like Mm -hmm. he's just kind of taking it and then he walks out, goes back to, I'm skipping over stuff. We're going to come back to but like he eventually goes back to his hill. He has this perfect family. Like he has this awesome wife who's pregnant. Like they're literally pulling on your heartstrings with every moment with Pacha because he is perfect husband, perfect dad, perfect citizen. Perfect. He's perfect. Mm -hmm. And, and then you have Cusco who's like the most abominable human being you've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah. Cause he's Pacha literally asks him, well, what are we going to do? And Cusco flat out tells him don't care. And he says it in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. And so you definitely from the start, you don't want to like Cusco and you really feel for Pacha. Yeah. Because he's losing his home because Cusco wants to build another home. Yeah. Yeah. He already has this massive palace yeah. and, and yet that's not enough. Like he, he has to, and again, there's a lot in the movie to be said about wealth and about, um, you know, the, the desire for more, 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 you know, if you're rich, you just want to get richer. Um, but yeah, he, he's obviously wants to take over this entire hill just so he can have like a slide. Like he wants to put in a water slide on this thing. And this is like his place to go play. During and the he's heard that the hills sing. <laughs> yeah. He literally uh, think about this. He literally has Pacha come out to his palace so that he can get confirmation that this is a great place to build a summer home. And he That's literally has purpose. a model of the whole village. Yeah. And then he just puts down this whole model of Cusco Topia right on top of <laughs> Pacha's home. And I think he gives Pacha at one point, he gives Pacha his house. Yes. And, it, and it's just this little model <laughs> and Cusco Topia is just ginormous. Um, yeah, he says, um, he says, don't know, don't care. How's that? Um, he says, when I give the word, your little t- town thing, will be bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> and then he like kicks him out. Um, yeah, he's a total jerk. So, um, so yeah. And then cut to like Isma and, um, Kronk that it is, this movie came out not too long after Aladdin. I think it was, I guess it was about eight years after Aladdin, yeah. but, um, it is similar in it's set up the, the, um, the grand vizier in Aladdin wants to be take over the kingdom. She's like his right hand, like a consultant or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and she also wants to take over the kingdom. So in that way, it's very similar to Aladdin. Um, but that's about where the comparisons stop. Cause she, she's, she's, she's magical, like the vizier, but she's, um, uh, clearly like not, I mean, from the very beginning, just like totally corrupt and, mm-hmm. um, like, <laughs> uh, super old and they make a lot of fun, fun of that. Um, she wants to poison him and kill him. So like, you know, a lot, a lot more dire than Aladdin and uh, take over the kingdom, which eventually she does kind of, she thinks she kills him. Um, uh, they go down into like this. There's central to the plot of the movie is this secret lab that she has in this basement. And they, she has like, you know, extract of yak and like all these animal things and stuff like that. Pull the lever. <laughs> Wrong lever. I don't even know why we have a <laughs> s- second lever. Why do we even have that lever? <laughs> um, yeah, she, she pulls the lever and just goes down to like a crocodile pit or something like that. But um, yeah, they, they get down there and um, why she trusts Kronk to, to do anything to help her is beyond me. It's so funny uh, to watch her depend on him. But um, they want to do this like big dinner and then basically poison him at the dinner. Yep. So, uh, but Kronk is kind of like the comedic sidekick. I mean, you have Iago with Jafar, you have pain and panic with Hades and they're always idiots, but this is all they have. So they need to rely on, well, <laughs> I, I mean, it's obviously not all they have, but it's kind of the Disney go-to. There's the villain, and the villain's pretty smart, but then they decide to trust somebody else, <laughs> and it doesn't work very well for him. Yeah. Yeah, Kronk is literally the reason that he doesn't die. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> he, she, she basically is trying to give him, and he's like, I love Kronk so much. He, like, he's so he's like, he's so endearing, even though he's a total idiot, he's like a lovable idiot. And he like puts on this big, he's super into cooking. Like he's a super chef and spinach puffs, (laughs) spinach puffs are to die for. 
and uh, he he makes this huge, massive feast of a meal, even though they're literally going to kill him in the first two minutes of the meal. And, he, and he's like, he's just like, he's like, oh, my spinach puffs. And he's like running into the kitchen to, to keep him from burning and stuff like that. When literally all they have to do is just put poison in the glass and give it to him. And then he even screws that up. Yeah. Yeah, he, it's it's because the spinach puffs are burning that he runs out. He's already poured the poison into one of the yep. glasses out of three. Gets back and he's like, oh no. All the glasses are <laughs> exactly the same. Which one did I put it in? And so he does this little number where he like turns away from the camera and he does this little like motion with his and arms. The, it's going up in smoke <laughs> and everything. <laughs> and, uh, and so basically what he does is he takes... He mixes all three of the, gl- yeah. the glasses together, so that it's basically everything's one third poison, right? And so, um, and it turns out it's not even poison because he used the wrong glass, like he used extract of of llama or yep. whatever. And so he puts one third extract of llama into all three of the glasses, and so a it doesn't kill him, and b it doesn't really even. T- t- turn him fully into a llama he still can speak like a human mm-hmm. uh, and can still attempt to walk on two legs and stuff like that at the beginning obviously not well and um but yeah he that Kronk is the whole reason for this movie really yep. um so and they yzma literally whenever he does turn into a llama then they smack him over the head and yzma's <laughs> like a llama he's supposed to be dead <laughs> Yeah, there's some really good good lines in but, this. But I mean, if you go down into her secret lab, she has thousands of vials. So yeah, it's, it's I mean, understandable how she how they made a mistake. Yeah, especially with his IQ. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, Kronk is he's so she says uh, take him out out of the city or yeah. out of the palace area or whatever and kill him. Yeah. Um, they're basically going to dispose of him. Yeah. So he's gonna, he's out there disposing the body and he's doing his own theme music as he does it. <laughs> he like he holds himself up against the wall. <laughs> Some bystanders are walking by. <laughs> uh, and then he does his theme music all the way out. And then, drops him i think he uh, at one point Cusco roll in a bag is unconscious rolls down a set of flight of stairs goes uh falls onto a cart the cart gets away um anyway he loses him at one point yeah because at one point he's about to drop Cusco off the edge to where he's going to die and then the angel and the demon appear on his shoulder (laughs) and so then he decides he's not gonna do that but then it falls on Pacha's cart actually and <laughs> which I don't know why Pacha's still in the village but he yeah. is yeah because this is probably like three or four hours after Cusco basically dismissed him yeah and you got a bite to eat or something so then it kind of goes with the Disney theme of oh well maybe this isn't so bad because Yzma doesn't know that I didn't kill Cusco and yeah. it might not come back to bite me. So <laughs> let's just see how this plays out. <laughs> so yeah, in a, in a fit of irony, uh, he ends up, uh, Cusco ends up getting on, on, um, Pacha's cart and Pacha goes home. Um, so he mm-hmm. like literally came all this way just to have Cusco tell him I'm taking over your village. And then he says, okay. And then he goes home, um, takes, and there's so much irony and so many great things in this movie that I don't know that you'd even catch on your first viewing. I, I know I didn't. Um, but like somehow I missed the fact that uh, I ca- caught this on my second or third viewing and I, I remembered it. This is probably my eighth viewing of this movie, honestly, uh, that I watched again for the show. But um, he, Pacha is a llama farmer. Yep. Like he literally, he herds llamas for the kingdom, for the king, for the yeah. emperor himself. Um, which I think is so ironic. So, so great. But, um, anyways, um, he takes him all the way back to his llama farm. Again, you have this perfect scene with his perfect wife and his perfect kids. Um, uh, Cusco wakes up, uh, wrestles himself out of the bag, whatever. And, immediately sees Pacha doesn't even know he's a llama at yeah. that point. And they're having this conversation and Pacha's like, Hey, look in the mirror. And so he like, he pulls up. Yeah. <laughs> he says, do this with your hand. And so he pulls up his paw or whatever. He's like, what? And then he looks at himself in the mirror. He's like, I'm a llama. Um, and then he immediately thinks that Pacha is the one that poisoned him. Yeah. Because he was so mad about 
his village. Yeah, he says uh, you're. He says uh, you're the Chris. Uh, you're the criminal mastermind, not me. And then and uh, Pacha goes, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, you're right. You're giving. I, I'm, that's giving you way too much credit." <laughs> so yeah, he blames it on him first, and then um, and then he's like, "Okay, you know what? Forget this. I got to get back to the castle, or I got to get 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 back to my palace." Um, and at this point, he still trusts Isma, which is mm-hmm. I think is a really interesting dynamic. Yeah, but like he. He says his whole goal at this point in the movie is I got to get back to Isma. Isma can help me. She mm-hmm. can turn me back into a human. Because he knows. I mean, I would assume that he has a background knowing what Isma can do. Yeah, yeah. He's he's even aware of the lab. Like he calls it that creepy little lab that she has or something like that. Like he's he's aware of like yeah, because it's literally under his palace. Yeah. 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 He's, he's very well aware of her powers and, and that's why he's like, if I could just get back to the palace, I'll be all right. Um, and so, um, much to, you know, against, uh, Pacha's recommendation, he decides to go out alone. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to, just going to go ahead and do this. And I freaking love the squirrel scene. It is one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. It was it was spoiled in the trailers for the movie. So yeah. like I, I I knew about it even before going to see it in theaters. But it was just as funny the second time in theaters. And I've seen that I've seen that scene eight times. And I like a sucker. I laugh my head off every single time. Um, he's basically all alone in this very scary forest. There's all kinds of manner of Jaguars. Are, yeah, they're going to kill this this poor little llama in the middle of nowhere, and they're you know, all sleeping. Yeah, and he 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 came across this squirrel, and the squirrel like he wa- was mean to a, the squirrel. Yeah, like he he throws an acorn at him or something yeah. like that. I can't remember, and ends up finding himself like in this like jaguar pit, basically where mm-hmm. all these things are sleeping. And this cute little squirrel who comes back again and again in the movie. He's almost a character in the movie, even though he doesn't have any English lines. Um, he, ha- he pulls out this little like balloon animal <laughs> that he has crafted <laughs> and he pulls out a pen and he's just like, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, then Cusco's like, no, 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 no. Cause all these sleeping Jaguars are literally all around him and he pops the thing is super loud. None of the animals wake up and then Cusco goes, ha ha. And then that wakes his laugh makes all the 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 jaguars or whatever wake up, and then there's this big chase scene, and you think, okay, this is this is it, this is where he, he dies, and um, this is also in the trailer, unfortunately, but like Pacha comes in swinging like Tarzan, yep, um, which I think that movie came out around the same time, yeah, <laughs> maybe I'm, a year, yeah, a year, a year I think two. it was, I think it was ninety nine, ninety nine, I think you're right. So Pacha comes in sw- like literally like shouting ah uh, into uh, like Tarzan and uh, picks him up, and you think that they're just going to land on on dry land and be good, but then my next favorite, one of my other favorite scenes happens. I'll let you explain the the water the log scene. So then <laughs> they literally um, with the vine that Pacha has swung on, they literally somehow get wrapped around. And so, <laughs> so good. they're each on one side and then they end up in the water and you think, well, the Jaguars didn't get them, but this is surely go- not, not only are we going to lose Cusco, but now we're going to lose Pacha as well. Yeah. And there's this scene. I again, again, Pacha, I, I, I keep going back to these serious moments, whatever, but Pacha is so altruistic yeah. that, that, that literally his enemy, his worst enemy in life, that he literally should just let him go out to the, the wilderness and die. That, that would make his life so much better if, if, if the emperor would just die. Mm-hmm. Um, Aizma would take over and he wouldn't have a, a summer home on his hill. Like literally his life is perfect. And, and yet he can't bring himself to just let the emperor die. Like yeah, if Pacha would never came the Jaguars probably would have ended. Yeah. Cusco. That's what's so great about his character, but sorry, go ahead. So they're basically, um, about to fall to their death. And I don't know the exact line, so I won't even try and quote it, but it's one of my favorite lines in the movie. They're basically, um, trying to figure out what their chance of survival is. <laughs> and then Cusco's just like, bring it on. <laughs> yeah. And then they go down these falls and just... Yeah, they're, they're ho- hopelessly strapped to this log. Like like you said, the rope, the the vine or whatever just wraps all the way around him. And he says, uh, don't tell me, we're about to go over a huge waterfall. And then Pacha says, yep, sharp, rock, sharp rocks at the bottom, most likely. <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> 
And then... And then they go, ah! <laughs> where only in Disney do you see survival yeah. after this. <laughs> yeah, they're literally strapped to a log. So, like, once that once that log hits the bottom of the waterfall, it's they're over. They're done for. It's a, They're over. <laughs> I mean, they would probably die from the fall yeah. regardless. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, again... And, there are so many reasons that they'll, they won't make this movie into a live action. I, I guess they could, but there's so many of the laugh moments would have to be cut from the film. I, they'll never, I don't think they'll ever make this into live action. You think? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. They, I, I feel so they've like, done like the Lion King and like all these other ones where they have to cast like live animals or there's CGI animals, obviously, but they look like real animals. So they have a real llama like play Cusco and like talk like a human. I don't know. I just, I feel like they have plenty of others <laughs> to make live action. Yeah. I feel like this one would be far off. The, this, this movie is so perfect as an animated film mm-hmm. and the, the laughs just don't hit if it's live action. Yeah. In my opinion, but who knows? So, um, they, they survive, um, Cusco barely cause he's not breathing at the end of yeah. this. And, and Pacha is, is alive so that he gets them over to shore and he, he decides to do mouth to mouth resuscitation on this llama. And he like literally like tilts his head back and opens his mouth and, and his, tongue, his just tongue just drapes out and he, and he's, he's literally about to go mouth to mouth with this animal. And I mean, again, Pacha, like seriously, kind hearted salt of the earth. Like he's willing to save this llama's life. And, um, and so, he but he wakes up like right at the last second when he's about to go mouth to mouth and he's he's like he's like uh, uh, sorry to have to spare you your kiss of life <laughs> he's like it was not a kiss <laughs> so um anyways you start to see the cracks in the chinks in the armor in, mm-hmm. in this next one of the next scenes because um you know he's obviously saved his life more than once at this point yep. uh from animals and from you know being you know um suffocated to death and and at this point he's starting to realize okay like hey maybe Pach is not so bad of a guy maybe i can pick another hill to have my summer home on and and it, there's this recurring line in the movie it happens earlier in from Pacha's mouth and then from Cusco's mouth at this scene, he, he says, nobody's that heartless. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about it, it's, it's one of those catch things where like he's talking about somebody else. Like he, he's talking about Isma or someone else or whatever. He goes, Oh, no one's nobody's that heartless. And then it, like, in that moment he goes, Oh, Oh my goodness. Like Pacha was yeah. saying that about me earlier. Um, and so he starts to already start to have a change of heart. he, he kind of backpedals on that here, like a few scenes later. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, but you can already see that he's already starting to think about, like, hey, what am I doing here? Like, is this all worth it? So, uh, meanwhile, back at the palace, is Isma has already taken over the palace. Like, she's had all the draperies, the drapes changed, and, and like, she's <laughs> put her face on like all the logos and everything. <laughs> it's so good. They have like this very brief funeral for. Cusco, it's like this wake thing where everyone's holding candles and, and everybody's wearing black and yeah. everything. And then she like rips off her <laughs> outfit and it's time to party now. Yeah. She's like, well, he's not getting any debtor. <laughs> and they all just go to, um, uh, business as usual. Um, I think there's some, a serious, uh, message in that scene even as well. Again, there's so many funny scenes, but I think you're remiss to not focus on some of the messages in the movie. Um, I think it's very telling that like all, it's the same guards. Like it's all the same people that were serving Cusco are mm-hmm. now serving Isma. Right. Yep. And even though the Cusco, you know, like him or hate him, he was the emperor and they were so loyal to him, but he dies and they on just a snap of a finger, they've immediately changed their loyalty over to Isma and they, they, they think Isma is the greatest now. And I think there's a lot to be, said about that, about like dynasties and, yeah. you know, um, I mean, you could even apply it to America too, but like just governments that change and like loyalties change on the dime, you mm-hmm. know, just because of political Who's circumstances. In charge. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but then Yzma finds out slightly from Kronk that Cusco maybe not, <laughs> might not be dead. <laughs> and so Yzma and Kronk, set off on their own journey. Yeah. Which is pretty hysterical because Kronk literally carries Yzma <laughs> on this like backpack thing and she's literally in this little tent. 
he's how do you describe his body type? Kronk is like he's like a twenty four waist, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and but he's he's got like three hundred pounds of muscle like around his mm-hmm. shoulders, so he's literally like hourglass like to the extreme, yeah. like in the way he looks. And yeah, he's literally the, like the horse for her carriage. So I, I laugh every time I see that, like her riding him basically. So yeah, they go, they go off on their, their adventure to try to get, they actually go straight for the the village. They just assume mm-hmm. that for, uh, for, I don't know how they assume that. I guess maybe the carts or something, but or the farming. Yeah. They, they probably, I don't know if they just assume that he's a llama and he just went to be with the other llamas yeah, or something. Could be. Um, anyways, they go straight for the house at that point. But before we see that, we see, the rope bridge scene. And this is the real turning point for Cusco. Uh, there's a long series of events uh, that happen here, but um, do you remember what all the action that takes place? This is, there's, this is like the, probably the most nonstop action in the movie. Yeah. They get to the point where they're just coming off the cliff and everything. And they're wondering how on earth they're going to get back to it. And um, before that, um, Cusco, and Pacha make a promise that um, if Pacha helps him get back to the village, oh yeah, he'll build Cuscotopia somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's like the the quid pro quo. Like like if if you if I get you back to the palace safely, if I escort you, then this is what you're going to do for me. And he yeah. he shakes on it. <laughs> he actually like holds his paw out and shakes mm-hmm. on it. And that kind of comes back to bite him in the rear later. But um, so basically their only option is to scale the mountain back up to get back to the main road. Well, yeah, there's is that the, the scene you're talking about. Yeah, there's or? the ro- there's a rope bridge scene. So like there's a there's like this big, you know, cliff side to cliff side. Okay. And there's a, a, just a super long rope bridge. It's very precariously placed over the over this this massive divide in Earth. And they go out onto the bridge and um, uh, Pacha falls through the, the one of the kinks, one of the uh the the boards in the in the bridge it's it's like a wood wooden bridge that they're walking across suspended by rope and so um they're walking across the bridge pacha falls he's pretty heavy he falls through one of the 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 really rickety boards mm-hmm. and he's he's dangling there by a rope and uh, basically pleading for his life and at this point you think oh cusco and pacha are friends like they yeah. they shook on it they they have this agreement cusco or uh, cusco decides to leave him there for dead yeah. And then he like says a couple like really, I, I, you know, dumb, mean villain lines. And then he falls through the bridge. Like he takes another couple steps and then he falls down. Now both of them are suspended from the rope bridge by, by these pieces of rope and you get the no touchy scene. Yeah. So, um, they're, they start hitting each other cause they're just so angry at this point. Even Pacha is starting to get a little exasperated. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're punching each other and they're literally swinging from these, these vines, these ropes yeah. or whatever. And, um, he, he, uh, Cusco gets a good hit on him and, and Pacha swings out and then he swings back in and, and uh, right before he collides with Cusco, Cusco says, uh, no touchy. <laughs> and he just whams him. Yeah. And then, um, they fall, down i think just because all the scuffle they fall off their ropes and they they literally fall down into this almost into this gorge like this river below and there's like alligators or something at the bottom that's just going to gobble them up but they stop because this this gorge like this this gap in, in earth like descends down to like this um almost like a like an hourglass or a, yeah. um, like a timer like you know mm-hmm. sand timer and they get down to the bottom of it and they're back to back and they find it for the first time ever in their they start terrible working as a team. They start working, and so they do this back walk where they they push up against each other's backs and start scaling up the wall, uh, walking up the wall. Um, it gets really bad there for a while. There's like some bats in a. I won't go into all the details, but there's like bats in a in a little cave that that Cusco gets his mouth stuck into. His mouth fills up with bats. There's uh, scorpions that are crawling down Pacha's back. There's a lot of action here. And then um, they basically like in a very like Looney Tunes kind of way. Again, you couldn't do this in live action. They like scale the the side of the wall because they're so scared of these Mm -hmm. animals and they get up to the top. And 
I like for me, I think that's the big turning point where like, yeah. like they decide to work together and it's not until like a couple scenes later where is the first part where Cusco actually, no, I'm sure. No, I'm sorry. It's right here. It's, it's this, it's the scene. They get all the way up to the top back to where they started on the, 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 mm-hmm. the wrong side of the rope bridge and they land. Pacha again is heavy. He's like a 300 pound guy. He lands on the edge of the earth and it starts to fall off. And, without thinking about it because he doesn't have time to think about it Cusco reaches out and saves his life like actually grabs pacha and pulls him back saving him from certain death falling down this cliff yeah and um pacha's like you just saved my life like you, you could have let me die but you didn't and and uh Cusco's like kind of shrugs it off he's like uh you know don't you know, don't get used to it or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you could tell, okay, like he kind of cares about this guy. Like they're starting to become friends. So sorry. What, what were you going to say after that? Oh, I was just going to get into the diner scene. Oh dude, talking about the diner scene is, it's one of the, it's probably a top, top two or top three scene in the entire movie. It's great. Yep. So they get to this diner and first off, there's no llamas allowed. So Pacha gives Cusco, his poncho and they put like some makeup on and he takes Pacha's hat and everything. So basically they're made out as a uh, husband and wife <laughs> and they say that they're on their honeymoon. And so they come to this diner where the food is jungle food, which <laughs> it's really disgusting and everything. So nothing looks good to them or nothing looks good to Cusco, I should say. And then what are the odds, but Kronk and Yzma walk in. Oh, this scene is so perfect. And so then all of a sudden, Kronk just decides to go start working <laughs> as the chef. Well, because they, they're making all these special orders, and the chef's just like, I've had it, and he throws his, his head on the ground, whatever, and just leaves, like in the middle of the shift. So then Kronk decides that he's going to take up as the chef, <laughs> and there's this funny scene with Yzma and Cusco. They keep going in and out of the door, not seeing each other <laughs> and um, changing their order. And then they start realizing, hmm, is this? And Yzma starts thinking that this might be Cusco. And so then to get away, they literally tell like the other uh, waiters that it's Yzma's birthday. And so they throw this like elaborate birthday party <laughs> song for him. And Kronk's just like, I didn't even know it's your birthday. <laughs> and so then Cusco and Pacha get away. And Yzma is just so mad because Cusco was literally there and he just slipped through their fingertips. There's so many good. And this movie came out in 2000. So some of it is. A little dated. I don't think there's anything in this movie that's going to throw you too bad. But um, this, this, this in 2000, this was kind of like the start of like the the happy happy birthday from all of us to you. It's like that kind of scene, and it is like it, it is TGI Fridays to the max, and yep. I, I I freaking love it. Like every time, every time they get to that scene and they do that happy because I I used to be a waiter and I used to sing, sing that song all the time, and so it reminds me of my waiter days and stuff like that. But um, they they there's a lot of um, uh, kitchen slang in this in the scene, and I gobble that stuff up. I just laugh and laugh and laugh every time they get to it. Um, I wrote some of it down. Is uh, so at one point the waitress says uh, she's telling giving the orders to the, to the chef who is now Kronk. Uh, three pork combos, extra bacon on the side, two chili ch- cheese samplers, a basket of liver and onion rings, a catch of the day, and a steak cut in the shape of a trout. You got all that, honey? He pauses for a second. He's you know calculating the information three oinkers, three oinkers wearing pants plate of hot air basket of grandma's breakfast and change the bowl into a, to a gill i got it <laughs> and then they keep coming back and he's like actually hold it and no i want that but i'm gonna have to call, charge you extra <laughs> yeah um yeah, and he's like he's just like making the food as, as fast as he can, and um, and then just like hitting the the bell order up, <laughs> just like he's total like sous chef. I I love it. Um, uh, can I order the potatoes as a side dish? I'll have to charge you full price. <laughs> I, then this is 
this is probably this might be Kronk's best scene in oh, the yeah. movie. Um, it is it is the epitome of um, all, the, all the humor that comes with just you know uh, satire. Uh, you know, like being satirical about the the world that's that's around you in real life, um, mixed with just his absolute stupidity, but also his genius when it comes to she- like chefing. Like he's like this incredible cook, like mm-hmm. that can cook all these like incredibly intricate dishes. And it, that uh, the juxtaposition of all those things together, it makes it for a perfect scene. Man, it is it is really comedy gold. And um, there are very few scenes in any movie, live action or other or animated. Or otherwise, that that hit my funny funny bone quite like the scene. It is it is darn well near perfect. So, yeah, that's that's a great scene. Um, after this, obviously, they as you just described, they they miss each other narrowly, and at this point, they're still trying to find Kronk, and so, um, but they they find this squirrel. <laughs> it turns out that it's the same squirrel as before, and. Another great scene with Kronk. You find out that he was a junior chipmunk when he was a kid. <laughs> and he speaks, he had to learn uh, chipmunk, but also a lot of other animals like squirrel. And so he speaks squirrel. So he wants to talk to the squirrel. The squirrel doesn't speak English. And so he says, uh, squeaky, squeaks, squeakin', squeakity squeak. <laughs> and like just talks to the squirrel. Like it's just an everyday conversation. And uh, they get directions from the squirrel on how to find Cusco. I just, I love that. Yeah. And it's funny because the squirrel literally won't talk to Kronk unless Yzma's away. Yeah. <laughs> he like he knows enough about Yzma to not trust her. And it's literally like Yzma's just like trying to pressure Kronk and to gain the directions quickly. And Kronk's just like, I'm sorry, but this squirrel's saying he had a rough day. <laughs> Um, he, I, I think the squirrel gives him directions to Pacha's house. Cause that, yep. that's the next scene is, mm-hmm. is Isma and Kronk end up going to Pacha's house. Pacha's not there. Obviously Cusco's not there. They, they come there shortly, but, um, they find the house alone with just the wife and, and the two kids. Um, Isma is talking to the mom. They're having kind of an awkward, com- weird conversation. Meanwhile, Kronk's playing jump rope in the back with the kids. Yeah. They, they literally tell the wife that, they're a distant relative. Yeah, that's right. Everyone about that. <laughs> she's like, um, she's like, I don't know. She's like, um, yeah, I'm your great aunt. And then one of the kids goes, you're more like my great, 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 great aunt. <laughs> Are you finished? <laughs> um, at one point, the kids and the mom, maybe just the kids, lock them in the clo- managed to lock them in the closet, which I think is hilarious. With taking the door uh, doorknob as well. Oh, pull, prying it off. Yep. <laughs> um, at one point, they kick them out of the house, and she goes, Isma goes flying into a pinata and becomes the pinata, which I think is really, really special uh, to watch. She ends up getting beat, beat. by, like, all the, all the kids are hitting the pinata at the same time, um, beating her up with, with sticks. Um, they There's a lot of, like, running around, just kind of Looney Tunes-esque kind of action. And then they eventually they get all the way back to there's, like, this big, like, map animated scene where, like, you see mm-hmm. dot, light, dotted lines on the map. And they're, they're running, obviously trying to race back to the lab to see who can get there first. And you think Kronk and – or, th- sorry, Cusco and Pacha get there first. But, but there's one point <laughs> where uh, Kronk's, like, tent thing – like turns into a plane and they literally like start flying and they actually get struck by lightning. Oh yeah. And so you <laughs> definitely think that, uh, Cusco and Pacha are going to get there first. Yeah. And they even like go in and pull the wrong lever and everything. And yeah. then they get the like lab coats on and Cusco has like Yzma's and Pacha has Kronk's on. And it's, and, and it's C- pretty humorous. C- Cusco redelivers the line. Why we even have that, le- that yep. lever. Um, they, they get there and you think, man, they totally beat the bad guy, Yzma and Kronk here or whatever. But then there's a scene where Yzma and Kronk are already there mm-hmm. and they're like, they're like, you know, wow, it took you guys long enough. And, and, uh, how did you beat us? Yeah. They're like, how'd you beat us here? And then Eastman looks at Kronk and she's like, wait, how did we beat them here? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so those little, like, um, 
breaking the fifth wall kind of like they know they're in a movie type mm-hmm. scenes I think are, are so hilarious too. The the writers, I would really like to know who the writers were on this movie because it is literally genius. Like some of the, some of the things that are mentioned in this movie. Um, uh, they're, <laughs> I just, I love, I, I, I laugh so hard at these like old jokes and stuff like that. Anytime that they make fun of Isma, like, you know, what is holding this woman together? How long has that been there? Um, you're my great, 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 great. You know, there's lots and lots of lines like that. Um, at one point she, um, she's like, uh, I bet you weren't expecting this. And she pulls up her like dress, the leg of her dress. And they're just like, ah. and they're like no, we don't want to see your leg. And, 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 uh, and it reveals a knife and they're like, Oh, <laughs> thank God! It's just a knife, not her leg. <laughs> um, Isma uh, insults Kronk at one point, like she's like, "You're so stupid," or whatever. Finally, like is like letting loose on him. Uh, he, uh, she, the the last straw. She insults his spinach puffs. He says that I never liked your spinach puffs or whatever. He's like. <gasps> And um, Kronk takes her down at one point. Then there's some more fighting. Um, then we get to the vial scenes, oh, yeah. all the vials. So t- take over. So then we talked about this earlier, but Yzma literally has a shelf of like hundreds, thousands of vials, which will turn you into all sorts of animals, <laughs> you find out. And so they literally come to the shelf, and then Yzma knocks out, knocks over the shelf and everything's just like mixed up. So you literally see Pacha. The, all and, the vials are exactly the yeah. same. And Cusco just grab a handful and they just start trying everything. And <laughs> then like guards start coming and they throw a bunch of the vials on the guards. So now the guards are different animals and everything. Yeah. So, but they know somewhere is the human one. <laughs> and so they just start trying them. And Cusco becomes like a bird, a whale. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a whale at one point. I think he's a, like an elephant or something. He's he, he turns at one point they go sailing into the air and he's like, "Please be a bird, please be a bird." And he he drinks it where he's like, he's like, "Yeah, we're flying." And it turns out he's this tiny, tiny little bird. like bar- parrot or whatever, or like a like a, a I don't know, like a blue jay or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I, I remember seeing this in theaters and like being all on board for the entire movie. I mean, I was just absolutely riveted and I thought, well, how could they, how could they ramp this up, ramp up the action even more than what mm-hmm. they've, what we've already seen. And when they, when they start tr- turning Cusco into literally every animal you can think of, I was like, man, they're going, they cranked it up to 11. Like this yeah. is awesome. And then we're down to two vials left mm-hmm. and Isma gets one of them and she's just like, Oh, I've, finally defeated you and everything and it literally turns her into a kitten yeah (laughs) and they're just like and she's got this big like villain speech and everything (laughs) and she's just like and then she realizes she's a kitten and she's like is that my voice (laughs) and so then it's just a race to that final vial yeah and at one point they're like on the outside of the palace at this point and so uh, Cusco and Pacha do their whole climbing thing because it's up at the top. Oh, yeah. And then Yzma somehow gets to it first. And then there's the scene where Yzma somehow gets, like, knocked off. And she's on this, like, trampoline. Uh-huh. And she keeps going up and down. And then uh, Kronk appears. And he's like, oh, that's where this leads. And then finally... Pacha and Cusco finally get the vial and finally change Cusco back yeah. to human. And she remains a kitten, right? Yep. I, I like she, they don't ever turn her back. Um, cause at the end they're on their chipmunk hike, the, Oh yeah. And they're, he's doing this scene, which Pacha's kids are actually in this troop and everything. <laughs> And they're talking about how they need to be nice to squirrels and they're giving the squirrel the acorn. And, and he's teaching them how to speak squirrel. Yep, and Yzma is reluctant to give hers and she finally, as a kitten, hands it up. <laughs> um, yeah. And then Cusco ends up, you know, keeping his promise that he never intended on keeping to begin with. But obviously he's had a huge change of heart ends up being the good guy in the end and um, 
you know, what should have been a simple thing from the very beginning. The movie yeah. just decides to build a summer home on a different hill, one that's not populated by an entire village of people. Um, man, this is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Like, mm-hmm. I, Tommy Boy, like, if you were, if you were to, like, you know, get into my head, like, you know, name your, your favorite comedy of all time. I probably would still say Tommy boy. Cause I, I just absolutely love the comedy in that movie. Another David Spade movie. Um, but if you said funniest animated, I think I would probably say this movie. I, yeah. I, I, nothing comes to my mind right now. That's funnier than this movie. Um, and even again, just taking animated and live action out of it. I still would put this in top two or top three movies yeah. of all time. And it's very, which we haven't really talked about this, but it came out in 2000, so it's very timeless. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and 20 years later, these jokes yeah. still land. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, there's there's some satire in the movie that is very, you know, of the time, you know, jokes that, that kind of makes, that were very funny at that time, but it's nothing that's like about American politics or anything that's like you would miss out on. I don't understand that joke or whatever. There's nothing in the movie that's like that. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, um, and and like I said, the, the characters are so perfect. I, I I love all four of the main ones. Even the kids are are super really just really really cute. You know, um, at one point they have dreams, and one of them wakes up and says, "I, you know, I, I dreamed that that dad was care- kissing a llama." Yeah, kissing a llama, and the other one says um, that he was you know careening off a waterfall of death. You know, like just super cute little kids, and um, the mom is like. We haven't talked about the mom at all, but she's kind of like this. Uh, not quite, uh, feminist isn't isn't really the right word, but she's very. Um, I can take care of myself and yeah. almost aggressive, like in mm-hmm. her speech and stuff like that. At one point, she's like, tell, she's telling Pacha like, go back there and get and give the like, you know, tell the emperor exactly who he is and what he's doing. Like, like she's, you know, almost kind of like the one that wants to take control of the situation. Mm-hmm. And I really like that about her. She's, she's very endearing uh, in that way. But, um, Pacha is one of the most altruistic characters I've ever seen on film. And, um, I just love the, the arc of, of, uh, of Cusco, like how he starts out as like the total villain of the story like maybe even worse than Isma, if you oh, can, yeah. if you can think about that for a second and then um, becomes the absolute hero at the end and has learned his lesson. And um, it, it's, it's a, it's a, a story where like outside of these events, he would have never become this person. Like he would never have been a, a good guy for his entire life. He would have been very selfish, very self-serving, very, you know, no, no, if anyone gets in my way, I'm just going to mow him down like that kind of character his entire life. And because of these events, he actually turns a major corner and becomes Mm -hmm. a good person. So, and you kind of get the impression that they're friends like from that point forward, like they, you know, we'll go over to each other's houses and hang out with each other's kids and all that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, it's really cool. I, I, um, I'd be interested to know like what the plot of is, is Kronk's new groove, like not even about like Pacha and mm-hmm. Cusco are not in the movie at all. No. Okay. I don't think so. It's all about like the main thing is, uh, Kronk finds love. Okay. And he's, uh, guess I gotta, I gotta watch that. Yeah. So, um, but in the end, one of my favorite scenes is they finally have opened Cusco Topia somewhere else oh yeah and he uh the mom has had her baby and everything and then they all get these uh ponchos and cusco's has a llama on it oh I, yeah that's one of my favorite parts yeah yeah i forgot about that the, this movie i mean i, I mentioned that it's probably my eighth viewing i that might be low i this might have been like my 12th viewing to be honest um this movie is it's just immediately rewatchable. You can watch this movie mm-hmm. every year. Um, I, I, I could have just as easily watched this for the 20th time after 20 years. Yeah. But um, it, this was one movie that was very special to my brother and I. My, my brother and I just used to watch this movie and just laugh our freaking heads off, like mm-hmm. just constantly. The whole movie would rewind parts, watch it again. It, it, is, it is so quotable and so just a fun, it literally has everything that you could want uh, other than I guess romance. There's not like any romantic, like love interest or anything, but like action comedy, um, great message, great morals. Like, 
fantastic animation, incredible voice acting. I mean, it is just the, the total package. So yeah. Yeah. When you said that you wanted to do this movie, I was like, dude, I will, I will happily talk about this movie on any podcast. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we, we got to talk about it today. So, um, Jordan, my four year old, she's, she'll be four. Um, but by the time we, this goes live, she'll, she, she just turned four. Um, we've not shown this movie to her yet. She's not watched it and we've tried, like I've shown her the trailer for it. Um, for whatever reason, she's not interested in it. And it, it may be, a little over her head. Um, some of the, she would get some of the, the funny visual comedy scenes. Uh, mm-hmm. most of the lines, I think would go over her head. She just wouldn't find them funny at all. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll, I, I maybe we might not push her to watch this until she's a little bit older, but, um, I think by the time she's six or seven, at least she would just find lots of love in it. So, yeah, it's definitely probably one of my top Disney movies yeah. that I enjoy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If you have Disney plus and have not seen this movie and for whatever reason, where have you been <laughs> stuck around for this entire podcast? Listen to all of this, this episode, uh, you, you owe it to yourself to watch this movie. Um, if it passed you by, cause you thought it looked silly or dumb or trivial. I, I promise you that none of those things could be further from the truth. So, uh, definitely check it out. Um, are we doing another movie? Sometime are you? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't remember yeah. what, what your travel schedule is. Um, the Mighty Ducks is out. It's on D- Disney Plus. Are we? Are we waiting to do that one, or are we waiting till all three come out? So that all three don't come out until December, October. Oh, October. Okay. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind doing the first movie. I just I have not seen that movie since okay. it first came out. I don't remember anything from it. I know that pains you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we could do that one or. Do you have the list with you? Yeah. Uh, so, listeners, you're going to tune into this little conversation about us trying to figure out what, what movie you want to do next. Uh, here's the list that Grant gave me. Um, I'll try to skip, skip over the ones we've already done. Um, first Kid, Rookie of the Year, which I believe... Really li- no longer on Disney+. Plus. What? They took it off. Why? I don't know, but they did. We need to get to the bottom of that. We'll talk about that on our next episode, What Happened to Rookie of the Year. Uh, I love that movie when it first came out. Yeah, it's a great one. Uh, cool Runnings, which we'll probably do in the winter mm-hmm. time if we can have you back on the show then. Uh, a Kid in King Arthur's Court. I've not seen most of these movies, by the way. I think I've, been, I've seen everything I've mentioned so far, but from here on out, I haven't seen them. Uh, Old Dogs, Snow Dogs, um, The Mighty Ducks. I've seen the first movie, but I don't remember it. And I haven't. I definitely haven't seen D2 or D, is it D3? Yep. Okay. Uh, the Game Plan, Johnny Tsunami, Brink, some of these we mentioned on last week's episode. Uh, Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. I've never even heard of some of these movies. That'll be Halloween. Okay, okay, Halloween. Uh, Camp Nowhere, Princess Diaries, definitely haven't seen that one. Cheaper by the Dozen, which you know we're talking about before we hit record. Um, College Road Trip, Davy Crockett, I've not seen any of these. Freaky Friday, I think I've seen that one. Um, I'll Be Home for Christmas, Miracle, some of these are are, uh, holiday. Uh, remember the Titans last song, uh, twas, twas the night. Is that the entire title of the movie? Yep. Twas the night. Okay. Christmas. I, I'm assuming that's Christmas. And then who framed Roger rabbit, which I can't, I'm a little surprised that movie's on Disney plus that movie is kind of, it's a little edgy. risky. Yeah. Um, Jessica rabbit alone is very risky in that movie. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm impressed that that movie's even on there, but we could do my ducks. Okay, yeah, I think Mighty Ducks is a good choice. Um, if I mentioned a title just now that it, you, as a listener, heard um, that you want us to do for you know a couple episodes from now, I think we have Grant for at least another maybe two or three weeks, and then um, school ramps back in. Assuming school is back in session, we yeah. don't really know. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> so if there is such a thing as school in the fall, uh, Grant uh, really ramps up his schedule. He's probably working 50 or 60 hours a week at that point. So with, with coaching and all that. So, uh, may not be able to have him on the show for a while after that. But, um, if there's uh, a couple, one or two movies that I mentioned just now, or something I didn't mention that you guys, um, would like to hear us discuss on the show. We're up for any suggestion by, by the time August, I think it's still plan for August is the, 
um, Winter Soldier show. I think it's. I believe so. Is in August. So I think. Or September. One of the two. Yeah, they might have pushed it back. Um, I think they were originally trying to hit August, and they may not hit that now. But um, they by the time that show comes in, I think we're gonna maybe go to like a weekly, like yep. covering every episode of that show. So um, these are kind of I don't want to call them filler episodes. I mean, The Emperor's New Groove is one of the best movies I've ever talked about on this entire podcast, but. Um, there, we are kind of like buying our time until some really mm-hmm. cool stuff happens in the fall. And then honestly, by the time August hits, we might be able to intersperse a couple movies here and there, like especially around holiday, like yeah. Halloween and stuff like that. I want to definitely cover some of these, you know, scary movies or Christmas movies, but it's kind of like winter soldier. And then is WandaVision still this fall? I think I read that it was, but then like uh, Mandalorian season two is November. So it's going to be kind of almost nonstop once we hit August or late August, early September, it's going to be kind of weekly shows there for a while. So um, if you have anything that you want to uh, hear us talk about or submit your own review of a movie that we've discussed or have not yet discussed, Disney plus reviews at hotmail.com is the email to do that uh, with. We'd love to include you on in the show. So please do that. Um, we will be back next week uh, for episode 38 on the Mighty Ducks, which I'm very excited to watch that, rewatch that movie and kind of get back into that uh, universe. And that'll prep us for D2 and D3 when we uh, get to those movies later in the year. So, um, all right. Well, until then, we will see you uh, next week. Have a great week. Stay healthy. And we'll see you next time for Mighty Ducks. <laughs>